0: Okay, everyone. Welcome back to the Dana Buckler Show. My name is Dana, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Jason Waters. Jason, good afternoon to you, sir. <laughs> good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Everything good? Everything. It's a little gray
1: outside, but otherwise, it's all right. You know what? It's, it's, a, it's, it's a good January, Sunday.
0: January. It's seventy degrees, <laughs> seventy plus degrees in Florida. Like, <laughs> sorry for all those northerners. Yeah, it's it, you know things could be a lot worse. <laughs> so. Um, so we're going to do something a little bit different here. This was an idea that you came up with. Yes. Uh, a really like like I just want to like really emphasize like the amount of like data or data <laughs> crunching that you did. Like, the, num- the numbers guy, come on! You're a numbers guy. You had a spreadsheet. <laughs> you had multiple, multiple uh, hours of work you put into this particular series or yeah. this particular episode that we're doing, and it's all about one of the great. Actors of our generation, of any generation. Of any generation, absolutely. One, Mr. Leonardo DiCaprio. So why don't you explain sort of the premise of this episode and and where the inspiration for this this idea came from? Sure. So,
1: you know, someone who loves movies, I've I've mentioned it before. I love a good character-driven plot, a good character-driven movie. And while there's a lot of great actors out there that can deliver Leonardo DiCaprio, in my opinion, delivers more consistently than anyone else. And up until his, his just most recent Oscar win, you know, it was the running joke that he was going to get nominated, but you know, always gets invited to the dance, but never gets to dance. I mean, everybody had their memes ready when the revenant was up for the nomination. So I started going and looking at all of the roles that he has done. Uh, Throughout, I mean, starting in 1991 and even before that, with trying to save growing pains from getting canceled and really looked at the roles he, he took on that he should have been awarded, roles that he should have won for and just complete snubs. And there's a couple of them. So what I like to do is kind of roll through, you know, the early nineties all the way up until today, which is. Okay, a long
0: career, right? Leo is just not a name that has come up much in this podcast, in the nine plus year history of this podcast. Really? I mean, you know, we talk a little bit about, you know, a Tarantino film or reference the Wolf of Wall Street or, or obviously Titanic from time to time. But when you look at Leonardo DiCaprio, and I had some time to think about this because I've known for a few weeks that we were going to do this. He's kind of an enigma in the current state of Hollywood. Okay. So he doesn't have much of a social media presence. He's mm-hmm. a very private individual, and that is kind of the way movie stars used to be. Yes. There's so many contemporary, quote-unquote, movie stars that are just as big on social media. In fact, they may have a bigger presence on social media than the actual movies that they're in. Right. You don't see him getting on Twitter battles with Tom Hanks. or No, no. In fact, you, 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 barely, you yeah. barely know anything about this right. man's private life, and that yeah. is kind of the way that the conventional movie star used to be i mean i look yep. look back to the 90s i look at the big stars of the time you know your julia roberts your tom cruise your tom hanks obviously leo denzel i mean there was quite a few big a-list actors in the 90s that we knew nothing about unless you read a headline in the grocery <clears throat> aisle right you know that was from the weekly world news <laughs> you know and it says leo you know has a you know 16 pet bats you know <laughs> that would be a good one though and and the fact of the matter is like he's Never given a bad performance, in my opinion, and he's really never been in. I mean, very hard to say he's ever really been in a bad movie. You know? Yeah,
1: I mean, there's there's movies that you watch like um, Man in the Iron Mask, where you yeah. go. Yeah. Even in that, he did a really great yeah. job. Maybe not a great movie, but a great performance. Yes. And I don't think, and I've, I've been all over Wikipedia for the last couple of days trying to find this. I can't find an actor that's been in more pictures that have been nominated for Best Picture oh, wow. than, than him. I'm, I'll, I'll update it later, but I think I've got 11 movies he's been in that have been nominated for Best
0: Picture. That's incredible. Which is unheard of. That's incredible. I mean, that's insane. So, all right. Well, I'll, I'll, you take the ball and run with it. I'm, all right. I'm really excited to, to listen to a lot of the research you put together on this. Okay, so um, Leonardo
1: DiCaprio starts his movie career in 1991 with... Do you remember?
0: It's a direct video. Oh gosh! <laughs> oh gosh! And and just for the listeners out there, Jason has all the notes in front I, of him. This is I'm not I'm sharing be nothing. Be, I'm supposed to be flexing my movie <laughs> memory muscle. I'd be sh- right I'd be now. shocked if you if you got um, it. Um, you know what? I'm I'm picturing a cover where he's on there with that you know, that traditional Leo hair he had in the, in the nineties. Go ahead. Tell me what was the movie. It was critters three. It was critters three critters three. Absolutely. I mean, he, he took over for the uh, legendary Scott Grimes, who was in critters one and two coming, coming out of the gate strong with critters three. And I just want to say for the record, critters two guilty pleasure movie. I'm really, head. oh yeah, very watched a lot as a kid. PG 13 rated movie. So it? okay. All right, critters three, that's not the one where they're in space critters three is the one where they're in their apartment complex. Correct. Right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So, not a you know everybody's
1: got to pay their dues and that was a quick one to pay their dues or pay his dues on Um, and then he starts in 1993 with what's eating gilbert grape opposite johnny depp i mean what a fantastic movie still arguably i mean
0: for those who haven't been listening we do a series on our patreon page 101 movies from the 1990s that you need to watch and Although we haven't added this one to the list yet, I'm pretty sure it's guaranteed to make an appearance on that list. Oh, um, absolutely! I, I th- that was a movie I didn't see in theaters. In fact, I don't think it had a pretty big theatrical release when it came out. I think it was it sort of kind of came and went, and then really found its way on home video. But his performance,
1: his performance was
0: stunning. In fact, people people. Th- I, I dare say it, thought he was the way he was. Yes. So uh, he
1: plays a mentally challenged yeah. um, teenager named Arnie Grape, who's always getting into trouble. And I mean, just from the second he hits the screen, you you're just captivated by him. I mean, it is it's probably one of the best performances Well, it was nominated for. Best Supporting Actor that year. So, it was one of the best performances of the year. So, he's off and running with his first nomination. Yep. 66th Annual Academy Awards. He's up against uh, Pete Postlewaite from In the Name of the Father. Mm-hmm. John Malkovich in The Line of Fire.
0: <laughs> really? I mean. Have you revisited that movie it, anytime? It's in It's been about five years, but. It's not. It's just John Malkovich. It's just John Malkovich. Yeah. But I think we were so encapsulated by John Malkovich <laughs> that we're like, this guy, look at the character he's doing. No, that's, that's <laughs> it's just, just him. Yeah, it's just that's him. just him.
1: That's good. All right. Um, and then we have Rafe Fiennes and Schindler's List. Oh, which, well, I mean. Amazing performance. He's incredible. Another, one, another one of those movies I, I have a very difficult time rewatching. I mean, yeah. for obvious reasons. Wow. Wow. Okay. Um, and they all lose. Two. Give me a hint. Give me a hint. This is 93. Um, this is 1993. This was, um, let's see here, 1993. A movie made for 44 million that grossed about 370. Oh no no no! Has a really great Rotten Tomatoes score and has a uh, we'd call it a requel, reboot, sequel to a TV show. In
0: 93. 93. In 93. You're gonna kick yourself. I am. I need to think of it. So so it's a... They're bringing back a television show show in 1993. Into a movie. Into a movie. It's a huge hit. It's a huge hit. Yep. In in 93.
1: Great movie. And I think his his best line in the whole movie is, I don't
0: care. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. So, okay. Okay. To, he, listen just for the listeners out there perfect okay so I'm that, throwing a lot at you today yeah that was that was that was pretty easy so that is the 1993 Andrew Davis directed one the fugitive yes which again a movie we're going to be talking about in our in, <laughs> in our, our, our coming series today, episode yeah. of our series that we're going to record later today so I'll just briefly say of the fugitive <laughs> yes Harrison Ford was the star of that movie but Tommy Lee Jones he, stole the show he ran away with it so he wins um for playing Marshall Sam Gerard
1: And he's like, I
0: didn't kill my wife. I I don't care. I don't care.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I probably just need to make a blanket statement by saying that I feel someone who deserves this more does not. I don't mean to take away the performance of anyone. You know, everyone who's nominated did a fantastic job. But on the substance of the roles. I think that Leonardo DiCaprio should have won his first Oscar.
0: I'll agree. That. But I, I also want to add a ca- caveat here okay. is the 90s, much like the the prior decades, the Academy was a little more generous to performance if it was a big movie. Yes. So, I mean, that was still a time when and this is when Robert Downey Jr. would have been nominated. For, yeah. Yeah. So this I mean, the thing is, yeah, like back then, if a movie made. $300 million, the Academy, the voters oh, yeah. took notice of that. Well, that's yeah. cl- it's got to be because Tommy Lee Jones. Like, so, so I can see, you know, pu- putting myself 30 years back then. Yeah. Like, that's, that was kind of the reality <clears throat> of the situation. But yeah. there are going to be a couple other movies in the 90s that were really big. So, <laughs> um, so after, after 93, what's he eating Gilbert Grape? He goes on to do The Basketball Diaries. Basketball. That's a tough one to watch. Yeah. So he plays a uh, famed poet, author, musician, Jim Carroll. Jim Carroll. That is that is a movie. Uh, and, and, and let's not forget Marky Mark is in the movie as well. Mm-hmm. I have not revisited that. Okay. So when we're going through this list of movies, like there was a couple where I'm like, no mm. time is precious and yeah. i am i'd rather watch titanic for the 14th time than than watch basketball tires for the second time yeah yeah um, it's it's a little it's a
1: rough um but again another great performance oh he's great in it yeah, yeah. i mean the movie
0: overall wasn't as well received but it's it, still a it, it was the first cool movie classic. that that i think really accurately depicted uh addiction Yeah, uh, yes. specifically the heroin addiction yeah um and watching Leo in that oh. film, I mean, again, like, like what's eating Gilbert Grape, you would think that this guy had actually experienced, you know, the, yes. the withdrawals and everything that comes with a heroin addiction.
1: Well, and the, you know, the crazy thing is coming off of the critical reception of what's eating Gilbert Grape, he doesn't fall into that, you know, I want to be an action hero. I want, I want to be in the biggest movie ever. I want,
0: yeah. you know, he, he takes on these roles. And of course, the next one is The Quick of the Dead. Yeah. Oh, if I could Uh, just say one one more thing about the Basketball Diaries. Have you ever seen the 1985 movie Tough Turf? No. With James Spader and Robert Downey Jr.? No. It was made by New World Pictures. So it's... um, Write that down and watch that movie because it's trying to be, like... It's it's trying to be, like, less than zero. Okay. Um, But it's... James Spader plays, you know, it's kind of like a karate kid. He comes from the East Coast, you know, living with his dad. And, you know, he's he's getting bullied in school. But then it just goes in all kinds of different directions. But why am I bringing this up? Because there's a scene at a party. There's a party at a warehouse uh, where they've got a band playing. And the lead singer is the real Jim Carroll. Oh, really? Yes. No way. And you have to you have to see. And you got Robert Downey Jr. playing the drums in the band. Okay. (laughs) tough turf, tough turf, tough turf with James Spader. Okay, I, I define anyone, I love James anyone, anyone out there to explain the plot of that movie, and I've <laughs> seen it three times, and I still can't tell you what it's about, but it's a quintessential 80s film.
1: Oh, man. All right. It's on the list. So, yeah, he, he goes from that and does um, a couple of smaller movies, Quick and the Dead, Total Eclipse, um, then moves on to Romeo and Juliet, Baz Luhrmann's.
0: When I was in high school, update, updated we watched the, the 60s mm-hmm. version of yeah, Romeo think, and Juliet. Yeah, required class. Watching, it was yeah. required of watching. And I, I remember even, I might have been the person in my class who was most excited. To, like, I really enjoyed that, that yeah. version of the movie. I thought it was amazing. So I remember buying a ticket to go see Romeo and Juliet. Because when you watch the trailers... hmm for those who have not seen the Boz Lerman, if you haven't seen any Boz Lerman movies, okay. So this is a modern day, or at least the bill of goods that I was sold was that Romeo and Juliet was a modern day retelling. Yes. It's 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 modern <clears throat> times, except it is it is line for line the original play. So yes. it, as a fifteen, the, sixteen the swords or guns kid, and yeah it horses was, or cars. It to me, uh, I remember walking walking out of that movie like I don't know what I just saw. Yeah, like I don't. And, and I've I've been lukewarm on Boz Lerman. but Leo's good in it. Leo was very good in it, and he
1: he could have played it, you know, teen heartthrobbish. No, no. Um, but he played it exactly the way it should have been played. Just this distraught, you know, overall
0: emotionally wrecked teenager, which is uh, opposite of. Uh, lovely Claire Danes. Yes. And she was big on uh, My So-Called Life at that point. <laughs> That's uh, right. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So, th- and these movies here, no nominations. Nope. No nominations. So, this is 95, nope. 94. That is three uh, three three movies in
1: 95. Basketball Diaries, Quick and the Dead with old Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone, yeah. And Total Eclipse, um, which I'm not even sure if I've seen. I don't think I've ever seen Total Eclipse. Um, and so, then, so, then we get to Romeo and Juliet and... He follows that with Marvin's Room. Marvin's Room. Which, another one that people forget about. Um,
0: he did a great job in that, too. It's he, a, another difficult movie to watch. It's very difficult to watch. And he is, I'm like, like as you're sort of going through this list, I'm like, he was seriously, he was a, a, a serious working actor. Not going for the act. He's not doing Keanu Reeves at this point yes you know Keanu starts off in Bill and Ted's and Parenthood and then all of a sudden does point break and all of a sudden he's Keanu the action star yep you know um, with the occasional lake house Leo's not going for that no no he takes these takes these roles that um,
1: just I, I think he in my opinion I think he was just building his resume at that point of solid movies and solid performances because from Sorry, solid movies and solid performances, because where he goes after this, it just skyrockets. So he's he now has a stable of movies that any director, any producer could look at and go, I, I want
0: that guy in my movie. Yeah, yeah. He's not he's not a one note actor. He's, right. he's definitely he's he, he can act. <clears throat> yep. Yes, yeah. he can. So
1: that leads us to the next year, 1997. OK, small movie comes out, small movie comes out. He's in the, he should have been in the best actor nomination category for this movie. I believe one of the highest nominated movies of all time. It's like 13, 14, 14 nominations
0: wins 11. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't figured it out yet, uh, we are talking about the uh, little independent film <laughs> that could uh, directed by a relatively unknown director. Uh, Mr. Uh, Jim Cameron, yes, and the movie, of course, we're talking about, is Titanic. Titanic, uh, which up until two thousand and nine was the highest grossing film of all time, only to be eclipsed by the first Avatar movie. Titan for for the younger listeners out there to understand, Titanic wasn't just a movie; it was a phenomenon. It was everywhere. It was number one at the box office for fifteen weeks straight. Yes, like that like like it came out in ninety seven but was also the highest grossing movie of 98. Yes. Like just to make, make, I'm sorry, like, like it was, I think it had legs. It was, it, the, the movie was unsinkable. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just say that. And he plays the character of Jack Dawson, fictional character inside of a real story. Um, I always like to tell this. I always like to tell this quick little story that I'm originally from Halifax, okay. Nova Scotia, Canada. And, if the titanic had not been struck by an iceberg it would have made a port a port of call in halifax before huh. its final journey to new york there were actually a lot several passengers that were going to get off Ooh. at halifax so when the ship sank the 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 steaming ship uh, the, or the ship the carpathian was the closest ship by it came by and i'm not trying to get morbid here but it they got the bodies out of the water Uh. and they got the survivors and they got the bodies out of the water and the Carpathian first went to Halifax. And that is where they set up a morgue. And that's where they went through the process of identifying those, those that were recovered. And I say this because Halifax has not one, but three graveyards that are dedicated to victims of the Titanic. Now we've known the Titanic story growing up in Canada, our whole life, because we have a shared history with, with that, what happened. However, once the movie comes out, it puts Halifax on the map as oh, a wow. tourist destination. Oh, that's okay. a morbid tourist destination. No, but I mean, Halifax is a beautiful city. Yeah. But but it, all of a sudden, it became a port of call for cruise ships oh, and okay. because it has so much rich maritime history. And people would visit <clears throat> these titanic graveyards. Well, one of the graveyards, and I can't remember the number because they were all numbered. One of them says J Dawson. Okay. <laughs> and all of a sudden, people were putting flowers and wreaths and candles and that got to the point where they had to put a fence around the J. dawson and it they had to finally put a plaque up there literally in this graveyard that had been there for a hundred years this is not him this is john dawson <laughs> He was. He worked in the bowels of the ship, stoking the you know the bro- the boilers. You know, this is not <laughs> well, the character from the film Titanic. I don't know. So if you got to be if you got to be misrepresented. That's the best way to have yeah, that happen. So that that's a true story. That I remember that. I'm going to make a bold statement. Okay, looking at his body of work leading up to this, I would say this was a pretty. By the numbers, performance by him, by his standards.
1: So i i would um, I would agree with you to a certain extent. However, God, I can't remember her name. The best supporting actress nomination. Oh, uh, Gloria uh, Stewart. Gloria Stewart. Gloria yep. Stewart. She's nominated,
0: and she's on screen for eight minutes, eight. maybe. Listen, to qualify for best supporting, all you have to be is what's you have to be. Yeah. You can't be the top of the law. You have to yeah. be below the line. Just, okay. So, I'm not, again, not to take anything away from her,
1: um, but Kate Winslet gets nominated. Yeah. So, the, of those 14 nominations, 11 of them win. Yeah. So, that year for best actor. Which, All right,
0: here we go. This is 1997. All right. What do you think? I, I, by the way, I already know who wins best supporting actor. <laughs> and, okay, but let's go through the nominations. Okay. okay. Nominations
1: for, uh, best actor, 97, Dustin Hoffman,
0: Stanley Motz, and Wag the Dog. Oh. <sighs> That's a great film. God, thank you. Thank you. Hi. Gonna, gonna be on the 101 list. <laughs> yep. Uh, Peter Fonda,
1: Yuli Jackson and Yulie's Gold. Yulie's Gold. Great movie. Uh, Robert Duvall, Eulis Dewey and the Apostle. You know what? I think that's a very good film. It's a good I think, film. I think he's excellent in that movie. Yes. Uh, we have Matt Damon as Will Hunting and Goodwill Hunting. Okay. Don't think he would have beaten him regardless. Matt yeah. Damon's
0: performance. And then the winner. Of 1997, for Best Actor. Wait, of, of those nominations that you just went through, it was N- oh, no, no. There was, there was,
1: oh. oh, yeah, one more. Okay, the, uh, the, the winner
0: was in 1997. The winner for Best Actor was. That's tough. That's very tough. I need a hint. Ooh, you want an easy hint or yes? Yeah. Well, no.
1: I mean, give me a. Give me a... Um, let's see. You might have a story about one of the guys in the film. Great Kinnear? <laughs> he didn't win. Oh. No. But uh, it was the character of Melvin Udall. And as good as it gets.
0: Oh, Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson.
1: Oh. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> of course. So Jack Nicholson wins his third Academy Award. Yes. Playing Melvin Udall. Having rewatched that um, very recently, it was a good performance. I would have actually given it to Matt Damon over him. In I, that. Yeah.
0: But uh, yeah, I would have. I would have given it to Dustin Hoffman. Oh, Yeah, he was, I mean, that's a tough year. That was a that, that was a competitive year. Yeah, that for those who haven't seen Wag the Dog, it, you know, I don't even want to spoil the premise of the movie. <laughs> it is terrific. Yeah, um, our boy William H Macy has a little little cameo in that movie as the head of the <laughs> and CIA. Or what's something.
1: What's crazy is not only is it terrific, it could happen now. It, no, it probably already has. It's probably it, happening. We don't all even know.
0: the time. Yeah. So
1: Titanic, you know, becomes this huge hit. And after that, he could do, he could retire
0: at 23. Just- so what happens to, the same thing happened to John Travolta in mm. the 90s after Pulp Fiction. This happens to a select number of actors and actresses in in, in this time period. You know, you get your Julia Roberts, your Tom Cruise, you, you know, your, your Travolta's, all of these guys. They get what's called first right of refu- or refusal. First right of refusal, okay, which basically means that the hottest scripts in town go to them first. Yeah, they literally get to pick what their next project is going to be. Gotta be nice. And and Leo, as essentially after the success of Titanic, has been that's been his mo up until present day. Yeah, And, and it definitely shows
1: because you know moving out of the '90s and into the 2000s. He does a few movies that are of note. Um, we talked about The Man in the Iron Mask. Mm-hmm. Celebrity
0: with the uh, Woody his, Allen Woody film, movie. Yeah. The Beach, which... Yeah, Woody, let's 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 pause on The Beach for a moment. So okay. that's a Danny Boyle film. His follow-up to Train Spotting. The Beach is complicated for me. Everyone was enamored with that movie. I didn't see it in the theater. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it in the theater, but I did see it a couple times on a home video. And... It, the movie's a little anxiety-inducing for me yes. when I watch that film. Yeah. Uh, so basically, for those who haven't seen The Beach, keeping this really spoiler-free, it's, it's Leonardo DiCaprio's character. He's out. At, I, I can't remember what country it's it is. Somewhere like, in Bangkok, Thailand? or Thailand or, yeah. or something yeah. like that. And so he gets wind of this sort of you know, utopia, this <clears throat> this magical beach where it's like a secret on how to get there. And yeah. he finally finds his way there. And it's basically, a, a you know, a, a group of nomads and, and hippies, you know, like a little commune. Yeah. And, and, you know, they're all self-sufficient living on the beach. And it's basically a paradise. And what could possibly go wrong? And that's all <laughs> I'm going to say. Um, it's a stylistically amazing film. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. The location is, I mean, I did some behind the scenes and, They found this beach, but it was all covered in trash and, and just disgusting and they cleaned it up for it. So it's an interesting film. I think the third act kind of falls apart. It does. Uh, but the first, I think the first two, two halves of the first two acts of the movie are, are pretty interesting and and engaging.
1: I mean, eye candy alone. Um, it's a great movie to watch from what I heard. Unfortunately, that, that actual beach is. Off limits now because of everyone visiting and just destroying the sure. <laughs> destroying the shoreline. That's, that's what people do. <laughs> that's what we do. That's what we do. So following that, moving into the 2000s, okay. this is where you really start to see the nominations come through. Okay. 2002, he does two movies with two of the biggest directors
0: in the All world. Right. I'm going to name one of them, okay. okay, which is Catch Me If You Can. Yes. Okay. And then he does two in the same year with Catch Me If You Can. And go ahead. Uh, That would be with Martin Scorsese in The
1: the Gangs of New York. The Gangs of New York. I almost said The Aviator. But that's coming. That's coming. Playing Amsterdam Valen um, opposite a fantastic Daniel Day-Lewis.
0: Bill the Butcher. Bill the freaking Butcher. Uh, So Holy God. I can remember in 2002. So that's like 20. 52 years ago or two, 21 years ago. So um, <laughs> oh my I remember watching the previews for that. And and for some reason had in my mind like, ah oh, that's not going to be for me. I, I don't like period. <laughs> I don't like period piece movies, blah, blah, blah. So didn't see that in the theater. Oh, really? Like an idiot. Oh, man. good. And watched that was it like so good. four years after it came out oh. on DVD. And I was just like, Oh, this is amazing. <laughs> this is incredible. Uh, and, and, and to be fair, like Leo's great in it, but it was Daniel day Lewis. Yeah. And I was just like this guy. I and mean. that's what everyone said is it, you, if you're going up
1: against Daniel day Lewis in a performance to performance, um, you know, cause they, they both could have, could have been, or should have been nominated for an Academy award for best actor. Um, I, I don't know how he does that. I mean, so, Jack Nicholson and Daniel Day-Lewis, they have three Best Actor awards each. Or sorry, Jack Nicholson has two Best Actor one supporting. And one supporting in Terms of Endearment. Terms of Endearment, yep. yep. So that year, you've got your choice. You've got Frank Abagnale Jr. and Catch Me If You Can. You've got Amsterdam Valen. Either one of those should have been nominated. I would think the Catch Me If You Can, should he should have been nominated for playing that role. So he wasn't nominated for
0: any either of those roles. Nope. Completely shut out. He's so good in both of those films and Catch Me If You Can is definitely one that I saw in the theater. And uh, it's his highest rated Rotten Tomatoes movie at and, a 96. And it's such a great it's, I mean ta- I mean the
1: cast in that is just
0: fantastic. The the thing about Catch Me If You Can is I know it's a true story and 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 there's a great You can find it on YouTube, where the real Frank Frank Abagnale is is talking. He's like giving a lecture, basically telling his story, and everything that happened in the movie happens happened in real life. But there's so much more. Ninety percent of that was made up, really.
1: (laughs) So someone someone started doing some digging a few you know a few years ago, and everything that he you know his entire life story is pretty much bogus. (laughs) Imagine that a con man (laughs) lying about his life story, (laughs) on. Really, <laughs> sorry to bring it down there. Yeah,
0: no, that's great. That makes it. I think that's even better. <laughs> of course, you got ultimate, paid. So yeah, the ultimate con man makes millions of dollars for, and, and he's. Oh, you know what? A tip of the hat. Yeah, <laughs> do sir. But I, I will say that the, the thing that I loved about that movie is it never, throughout the runtime of that movie, it never ceases ceased to surprise me when things would happen. Yeah, and I just loved it, and I just. That's probably my favorite performance of of the two. Like I like yeah. him in Gangs of New York, but uh, I revisit Catch Me If You Can quite a bit. So, so just the let's
1: talk about the nominees. The nominees for that, that, year. that year. So we've got uh, Jack Nicholson in About Schmidt. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Day Lewis for Gangs of New York. Yeah. Uh, Michael Caine for The Quiet American.
0: Okay. Nicholas Cage, for I'm just going to keep stumping you. Nicholas Cage nominated. Is that Matchstick Men?
1: No, but that was a good one, too. Uh, Uh, This was
0: actually adaptation. Snake
1: Eyes? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the winner,
0: you want to take a guess? Do I need a hint? Uh, It was a biopic. Oh, okay. All right. Say no more. Biopic 2002. Let's see. It was either Walk the Line or Ray. Nope, 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 nope. Is it a musical biopic? I think he followed it up
1: recently with uh, an Aliens vs. Predators role. Maybe. Um, It's a music biopic, but not a healthy music biopic. Hmm. War-torn area. World War II. Oh. The character's name was... I'm going to butcher this.
0: Captain Corelli's Mandolin?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wadislaw Villman.
0: Oh. A Beautiful Life? No, this would be uh, Adrian Brody. Oh, the pianist. The pianist. Okay, so where you threw me off was he wasn't in the Alien versus Predators. He was in 2010's Predators. Okay, all right. That's where you threw it. Uh, the pianist. Um, look, I'm just going to say it. Go ahead. You say it because I don't have to. <laughs> okay. Well deserved. Oh, you like that movie? Well, I wouldn't say I like that movie. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, that, that that is up there with the English Patient for me. Oh, see, so, you no, know, no, it's the uh, opposite. I have seen the pianist. Four or five times, really? Yeah, oh. I think it's. Uh, I, I think it's one of the more. Ch- I think it is a film that should be supplemental material after you watch Schindler's List. Yes, because that's a good point. Schindler's List, you know, is a broad sort of a broad. Here's what happened in Krakow, Krakow, Poland, and you you follow the journeys of several people. And with the pianist, you you I think his last name was Spielman, Spielman, Yeah. and you follow his. His and it's a true story, his journey through the entire war from 1939's invasion of Poland through, you know, V-Day in, you know, April of 45 and how this man managed to survive and losing his everything. It's a very challenging movie. And I I think it's I think that's a really well-deserved, well-deserved award. So that's that's my hot take on that movie.
1: I, I definitely would have given it to, um, Daniel Day Lewis over that. But again, at, that's just my mm-hmm. humble opinion. Also, at this point, we kind of, it, while Leonardo DiCaprio is not getting his notice, we also have Martin Scorsese. Also not getting his. Okay.
0: Well, okay. Scorsese, so you're going to, yeah up, up into I'm, I'm just gonna I'm, I'm not I'm gonna miss a couple but we're talking Mean Streets, Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, After Hours, The Color of Money, uh, Goodfellas, Casino, Kundar, uh, <laughs> Kundun, Kundun, um, you know yeah, yeah yeah so he's been doing he's Gangs of New York, Gangs of New and, York, and this he's he's doing incredible movies and has not won an award no and I think.
1: You know, he, him and uh, his editor, sometimes she, he gets credited with her um, for editing. But again, no, nominated never wins. So he's yep. he's a- out there with uh, DiCaprio right now. So um, follows that up with the great Scorsese film in 2004,
0: The, the Aviator. A-V-A, where he plays Howard Hughes. So a biopic.
1: Biopic. I think if I were to rank the best... Leonardo DiCaprio movies this is in the top three okay his performance in this movie was bar none it it was the way he transforms himself and became just a
0: deranged delusional genius was far and away the best performance of the year I will say this if you know nothing about the story of Howard Hughes when you watch this movie you're going to be like this has got to be made up like that, it's this got to be. there's no way that one man had the life that this guy had and and the way it ends yes the way the way his story ends is just like what are we doing did you ever see the 2004 movie it was released around the same time this movie it was called The Hoax. and it stars Richard Gere he plays Clifford, Clifford Irving no who in the 70s or early 80s he's like a struggling author he convinces this publishing company that you know, he is in contact with Howard Hughes. Howard Hughes is still alive and, and that he's writing. Howard Hughes is uh, giving his okayed him to write who, his biography. Who but, doesn't follow up on that? But, but this is back in the day. Like, so I don't want to spoil the movie, but he sell like he gets tons of money advances, travels the world, gets into all the right places to interview people and writes and fully writes a book about, About Howard Hughes, but, you know, embellishes so much of it and all this stuff. And I don't want to spoil the way the movie ends, but it's a true story. (laughs) Clifford Irving. That's crazy. Worth checking out. What was it called again? The Hoax. The Hoax.
1: Well, now I got my week planned out with a couple new movies. So, yeah, just the way that the way that he plays Howard Hughes, just neurotic playboy. One of the one of the best movies of the last 20 years. So this one gets 11. Nominations. 11 nominations. 11 nominations, including
0: nomination for Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay, for Best Actor. For Best Actor. And in 2004, <sighs> that's the same year Joaquin Phoenix is nominated? Mm-hmm. Or Jamie Lee... Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx is nominated for Ray. Who he, he wins. He now. wins. He wins that. Yep. Who else was nominated that year? Uh, we have Don Cheadle for Hotel Rwanda. Oh, yeah.
1: Uh, Johnny Depp for Finding Neverland. And a little old Clint Eastwood for Million Dollar Baby. Million Dollar Baby. And uh, yeah, Jamie Foxx wins. Uh, and again, not to take anything away from Jamie Foxx, but he, the performance of the year that year was, was Leonardo DiCaprio as... Howard Hughes.
0: I'll play devil's advocate and say that, that Jamie Foxx was pretty damn good I'm, in Ray. I'm not though. saying like, he wasn't. I'm not like, saying he wasn't. Because like, he, he had to play a blind man as, as well.
1: But a blind man who could see. If you yeah. would have poke his eyes out and then yeah. make him play the role, then... Yeah, this is true. Because he true. actually gets to see what Ray yeah. Charles looks like and how he acts. So, and again, Martin Scorsese film, 11 nominations, and it wins five But Kate Blanchett wins for her uh, best supporting role as Catherine Hepburn in that, and she's terrific, terrific. And Catherine Hepburn, surprisingly, also has the most female wins of anybody at with four. Um, Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So she wins an Oscar for playing uh, the most nominated or the most. She wins an
0: Oscar for playing (laughs) the most awarded Oscar. A a person who has won the most Oscars. Yep. Boy, has that ever happened before? (laughs) That's interesting. Yeah. And again. Martin Scorsese,
1: nominated for Best Director, and no win. Now, this is the one, this year is the year that I have a serious problem with. Okay. We're going to 2006.
0: 2006. Now, we 2006, I, I do know which movie won Best Picture in 2006, and, and One Drought ends yes. in 2006. But, but please, tell me about the roles, though. So, we've got two roles
1: for Leonardo DiCaprio this year. We've got him playing... Danny Archer in Blood Diamond. Oh yeah, yeah. Which he gets nominated for. Good movie. And we have him playing William Costigan Jr. in
0: The Departed. The Departed. I'm not a cop. (laughs) Um, Five years from now, you can be anything you want, (laughs) but you will not be a cop. (laughs) So he's nominated for Blood Diamond. I have to think that. Gosh, would he have been? A best actor or best supporting actor in The Departed? Because that's kind of an ensemble piece. it is. I would say... um, Because him and Damon kind of have equal screen time. Not together, but equal screen time. I'm not sure who gets top billing in this one, but the studio made the decision to
1: put someone else from the film up for... Best supporting. Best supporting actor. Mark Wahlberg. Yes.
0: Which I love him as... Was it Digman? I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it. That's his worst performance, I think, in history. Maybe. <laughs> the maybe, the one-liners he comes up with, though. I'll... <laughs> I mean, yeah, but just I, I didn't yeah. buy it. I didn't. No. I, I, like, and I, lo- I like him. I like him a lot. But how but, do you put him up over Leo? I mean, seriously. Or Jack Nicholson. Or, or Jack Nicholson. Even Damon was good in that movie. Yes. Um, so... Do you? Do you want to? Why do you
1: want to be a cop? <laughs> <laughs> and that was uh, God, who was that? Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen reunited from Catch Me If You Can. Yes. I mean, come I mean, on.
0: Listen, listen. The, the part it was one of those, and and, and maybe we should talk about ooh, best picture for that year, best director for that year. Yes. So of the nominated
1: actors, um, we've got. Will Smith for The Pursuit of Happiness. Okay. Yeah. Over the Departed. Over the Departed. Peter O'Toole in Venus. Uh, listen, Peter O'Toole, I mean, what do you, you uh, do? I, I think so he ended up getting, a, I want to say, a Lifetime Achievement Award. Yeah. But one of the other actors nominated nine times with zero wins. Yeah, no, Peter O'Toole Poor is guy. amazing. Lawrence of Arabia, everyone. That's all I have to know. Ryan Gosling nominated for Half Nelson. Okay. Uh, Leo for Blood Diamond, which has a 63% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. And the winner of Best Actor that year.
0: In 2006. Another
1: biopic. Oh, uh, Joaquin? Nope. Nope. Uh, uh, Dewey Cox and Walk Hard. Dewey no. Cox, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, this would be Forrest Whitaker. Oh, yes, for The Last King of Scotland. Last King of Scotland playing Idi Amin. Um, but... Rounding out the rest of the categories, it was uh, it was Martin Scorsese's drought is over.
0: Yep. Finally, they just said, just give him the damn Oscar. And the the Departed is good. Oh, it's great! It's a great it's movie. Fantastic. You know, but it is it's it's a remake of another movie. You know, <laughs> it's a remake of seven other <laughs> seven other movies. But the thing is, like, I think a case could be made, and we can do an episode on Martin Scorsese, everyone. But I think a case could be made that. Um, he should have won for Goodfellas. or oh. For Dances with Wolves.
1: Yes. Absolutely. Which came out
0: the same year. Dances with Wolves was a good movie. A good yeah. movie, But come on. Goodfellas is, that's a, I mean, which, which movie is still talked about today. Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So I saw The Depot uh, twice in the theater. Really? Yeah. I was, I was loving that movie. Yeah. There. I remember I saw it once in the theater, but I've probably seen it 20 times
1: since then. I just, well, I just love that movie. It
0: was interesting because, you know, you get, Scorsese was so good at like the the Italian mafia films like Casino and Goodfellas and Mean Streets and and all that stuff. So when you get sort of like the Irish mob in Boston, it was like, oh, these guys are just as just as intense. (laughs) That's the Whitey Bulger. I mean, Jack Nicholson, he's he's just why that man wasn't nominated for that role makes no sense. And that was like his last big, big performance. Um,
1: he's what was I reading? He's 85 now. Yeah, good old Jack Nicholson. He gets he walks away empty again, empty. again. Um, and I I like
0: Blood Diamond. Now, I, not to put you on the spot, but how many nominations are we up to by this point? In mean, 2006. Oh, let's see.
1: By 2006, he has been nominated for What's Eating Gilbert Grape as Best Supporting. Howard Hughes as Best Actor, and Best Actor for Blood Diamond. So he's got three. Th- three nominations. So however, far. however, at this point, he's also been nominated Golden Globe-wise. One, two, three. Nominated Golden Globes for William Costigan Jr. and yeah. Departed. One for The Aviator. And nominated for Titanic. Nominated for Catch Me If You Can. So quite a few at this point. Okay. So, we move on and do a couple of, I don't know, what do you call it? Rebound pictures? Okay. You know, you, um, you lose that Oscar that way. So, he does uh, Body of Lies next. Body of Lies. Not terrible movie. No. Um,
0: is that a Ridley Scott movie?
1: That is uh, Ridley Scott. Yeah. Um, did okay. It had a yeah. budget of. Seventy million. Kind of it made of forgotten about, about, about that. One twenty. That yeah. one's kind of forgotten. Oh, that's you know that's 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 good. It's um fifty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's not yeah. not bad. Okay. Right. So you know he takes a, takes a, a little rebound. Okay. Um. Then we get Revolutionary Road. Revolutionary Road. What do you think of that movie? Saw it once. Did you saw it once? It's another hard one to rewatch. Yeah. And I think it's because of the subject matter that's in it. Um, but again, it, it pairs him back up with Kate Winslet. Yep. He is the, the every man who is just hates his job, hates his life. He's in the fifties. I think it's yeah. set in the fifties. Yeah. Yeah. Period piece. Um, yeah. and it's this internal marital struggle between those two, the external struggle of, you know, dealing with life. I think it was one of his better performed roles. Um, I definitely think he should have been nominated for it. And I think it was one of Sam Mendes's best movies
0: um sam mendes came onto the scene pretty spectacularly in 1999 with uh, american beauty and then he went on to do what did he do um uh what's the one where road to perdition mm-hmm. and didn't sam mendes direct one of the james bond movies two actually did um, specter and skyfall Oof, skyfall skyfall it's like my least favorite of the james bond movie <sighs> well no i really like casino royale and like the the latest one. I saw that in the theater, you know, Don't Forget to Die or whatever it's called. <laughs> no Time uh, to Die. Yeah, No Time to Die. Or, and uh, I was just I really like that one. The ending of that is just you know, and fantastic. I don't want to go on a tangent about the James Bond movies, but you know, I suffice it to say the uh the the, the Daniel Craig ones were much more grounded in a reality, you know. Yes. I kind of loved the, you know, over the top spectacle that was you know the earlier James Bond movies. Like. Uh,
1: it it definitely has its. It, you can definitely trace the, the fads, the fashion, the trends from the '60s all the way up to, till now,
0: just by watching James I, Bond movies. I have a real affinity for a view to a kill. That's my oh, first James yeah. Bond movie. So. That is a great one. More more power. <laughs> just for walking, Zoran. Zoran. So back to Revolutionary
1: Road. Um, not nominated. No. For his portrayal of Frank Wheeler in this just heart-wrenching drama. Okay. So, so 2008 nominees um for Best Actor.
0: Okay. We've got Mickey Rourke. For The Wrestler. For The Wrestler. Okay. So by the way, can I just say The Wrestler, the only Darren Aronofsky film that I think is palatable, that I can actually watch. But you haven't seen The Whale. But I haven't seen The Whale. That is
1: Brendan Fraser. That performance was just... It was earth shattering.
0: Next up, we have Brad Pitt from the Curious Case of Benjamin Button. All right, the Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Can I just okay? Listen, I've actually never seen that movie. Uh, I in two thousand and eight. So that's been wow, that's fifteen years it, ago. It has not. It's not aged 12, is Pun that, intended. Has, all right, listen, <laughs> and I'm just going to ask you a question because the the the, the 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 I've never seen the film, but from what I understand, the plot of this movie is. Benjamin Button ages in reverse. Benjamin Button ages in reverse. So he starts out as an old man. How does he how does he born into he, this world? He is uh just a big old old baby. So he's born an old not full size.
1: No, not yeah. <laughs> well, a full-sized well, a baby. A baby, but he's old. But he's old, yes. So it's a very old baby. And he's you can see him growing up and being like, you know, a 90 year old, 7 year old. That's so bizarre. But yes, it's I not, have it's, so many questions. It's
0: not worth seeing. I might have to watch that's yeah. David Fincher
1: too. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not good. So, so it's, I, the only the only good thing to come out of this movie is you can just tell someone
0: they have Benjamin Button disease, like you look like you're aging in reverse. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, I gonna have to use that. I've got so many questions. I might have to sit down and watch that movie. Yeah. I've heard it's long too. Yes, it is very long. Uh Kate Blanchett does a decent job in that Um, she's she's always amazing so yeah wow yeah okay what else who else was nominated that year uh we have got uh frank langella for frost nixon Frost nixon yep that was good that was uh michael sheen and uh uh, what what does he say when the president does it it's not illegal (laughs) that's the famous line from the trailer i believe that was what
1: trump said as well yes uh richard jenkins um for the visitor haven't seen that It's been, I I think that was a one one and done watch for me. Um, And the winner that year was. um, We're looking at a politician in California portrayed by a major, major movie star. A politician in. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. So that's Sean Penn playing Harvey Milk. Correct. I did see that in the theater. Okay, so who else is in that? Franco's in that. Uh, um, Josh Brolin's in Josh that. Josh Brolin. Yeah, yeah, that's oh. a good. That's a good movie. I, I that the ending of that movie makes me so angry. Oh, like I know. Just the way the way I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen it, but um, well, it's a an underrated that, film yeah, as well. And, and great movie when you when you realize sort of the outcome for for Brolin's character, you're so. just like, what? Yeah, yeah.
1: But it's been God. I
0: I, I think I've always seen that. In the theaters, the one time. Yeah. I definitely do for a rewatch. It stuck with me, though. Yeah. Uh, So that's 2008. 2008. So not even nominated. Not even nominated. All right. Now, now 2010, I already know one movie that he was in in 2010, and that was Christopher Nolan's Inception. Yes. Okay. Not nominated for that role.
1: Not nominated. That was a very complicated movie. Overall, that movie was nominated for Best
0: Picture. I've said it before, and it bears repeating, (laughs) that nolan's movies aside from my goodness aside from insomnia and the dark Knight movies he doesn't like to do a straightforward narrative no. like his movies have a layers yes and i'll never forget watching the trailer for dunkirk after watching Ooh, interstellar man seeing the trailer for dunkirk i'm like oh, he's going to tell a straightforward narrative <laughs> i can't wait thank god because i want nolan to do that yeah. i'm like. And I get the and in like 20 minutes of the movie. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> one hour, one week, one day. I'm like, what is what is going on? Don't me wrong. He successfully pulls it all together at yeah. the end. Um, so I'm watching the trailer for in for Tenet. And I'm like, I don't even know if I want to watch this. That just makes your head hurt. And now I see the trailer for Oppenheimer. I'm like, fingers crossed. <laughs> fingers crossed. He's not going to play with fantastic. time, right? He's not going to play with time. <laughs> All right, fun fact about that movie is—and I don't want to see it until I see it on screen—is it was reported in some of the trade papers that um, in order to capture the nuclear explosions, the atomic bomb explosions, he used practical effects, something like 18,000 pounds of dynamite. No way. Yeah, because he wanted to do it in camera. He wanted to do a real explosion, and I hope—this is why I will not watch another trailer for Oppenheimer, because I don't want to see that, because— universal that does is the studio behind it you know we live in a world where they'll show the best parts of a movie in oh, a yeah. trailer and i don't want to see that yeah like three days before it opens yeah, yeah. I, I so i'm all i'm all in on uh so the next time an oppenheimer trailer drops i'm not watching it. of course <laughs> it's gonna be tough when i'm in the theater but i i don't want to see it or you'll drop the f-bomb yeah that, so that was <laughs> the only movie he did in 2010
1: no oh, okay um another one which i think you said you had not seen which is uh shutter island yeah um, yes, yeah, Scorsese. Yep, and a great book. Um yeah. Dennis Lehane, who did um, all of the, uh, what is was it, the Gone Baby Gone? Yeah, he wrote all those yeah. novels with the detectives. Um oh, Gone Baby Gone's incredible movie. Yeah, in 2010, we've got uh, Shutter Island and Inception. He is not nominated for
0: either one of them. Interesting
1: um the nominees that year though, all right
0: 2010 hit me this Let's is this is a tough one
1: okay okay so we've got uh
0: james franco nominated for in 2010 franco is nominated that's not the year the artist came out is it or the the disaster artist no it? no this was uh a really it's
1: a nail biter franco pun, was in pun intended this was 127 hours. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, um, I didn't
0: realize he was nominated. Okay. He was. Yeah. Okay. Um, we got Jesse Eisenberg for, for the, the social, social network, network, which is, uh, uh, <sighs> I urge anyone who hasn't seen the social network to, to stop what you're doing and watch Turn that on Facebook and go watch. That it's movie. incredible. And by the way, if there was ever a movie that warrants a sequel. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, Fincher. If you're listening, uh, bring back JT. We we need we need a we need a follow up because a lot has happened in yeah. the 13 years since that movie has come God. out.
1: Everyone's been good. 13 that. years. Yeah, since that. That's, that's crazy. That's, that's, that's a
0: terrific movie. Wow.
1: Uh, we've got Jeff Bridges and uh, Marshall Rooster Cockburn. Yes, for True Grit. True Grit. Javier Bardem for Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. And the winner of that year. Well, I need just a small uh-huh. hint. It's a biopic, period piece as the trend has been um set in the 20s 30s in England? In England? In England? First
0: is- abd- first abdication of a monarch.
1: Oh, okay. In modern yep. times. Okay,
0: okay. Yes, yes. Uh, okay, so this is Colin Firth in um the king's speech the king's speech yep he wins for his role of king george the sixth yes
1: uh, a movie i saw in the theater i you know i this movie just always gets lost to me um i, I can't remember if i saw that in the theater or not yeah no. i can't remember the last time
0: i saw that movie. jeffrey rush is in it yep um he plays like the speech therapist mm-hmm. and uh helena bottom carter plays his wife Yep. uh it's good it's a good movie he's first you know what he deserved, he deserved yeah. the role. Yeah, he's, he was. He's good he, he was. That was really
1: good. That was yeah. a good movie. So, um, of those two roles, though, I would have thought that Shutter Island would have gotten a nomination instead of okay, um, instead of Inception. But that that movie is it's gut wrenching at times. Um, so he follows that up with another uh, period piece. Okay, and, is this in 2012? Uh, this is in 2011. Okay. Um, this is one that I you know, I really didn't even add this to the list. I appreciate his performance in it, but overall the movie fell pretty flat.
0: Uh, and that would be J. Edgar. Oh, uh, directed by Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood directed J. Okay. Edgar. Actually, I'm gonna be up completely honest, a movie I've never seen and I've never really it just didn't interest me.
1: Um, it,
0: it actually is it's super
1: interesting. Because of what he ended up doing with, you know, forming the FBI from what it was and how much power he had at the time he died. Like literally the most powerful man besides the president. Yeah. Sometimes more than the president. So super interesting. Um, but yeah, now we get into the, we get into the mud a little bit. All right. So 2012. 2012. He does a little film with, uh, uh, heretofore, Unknown director, the uh, Quentin Tarantino. Yes, he plays the
0: role of Calvin Candy. Calvin Candy and Django Unchained. One of his. Oh, he. No, first of all, I want to preface this by saying he plays an incredibly despicable human being yes, in this he does. movie. But damn it, he comes he comes across incredibly charming yes. in the movie at the same time, which there's there, there's a, there's a, an incredibly. Awkward dichotomy in his performance because he is so polite and gracious and Mm -hmm. well mannered and and, and embodies that southern hospitality and that southern charm, and he's the world's worst human being at the same time. And it's it's such a complex role, and he doesn't get introduced until the third act of the movie, and. I remember saying to myself, "Well, this is the this is the this is he's going to win a Best Supporting Actor for this one, hands down, without a doubt. This is going to be his first Academy Award." I remember seeing that movie and thinking he was the standout performance in the film.
1: Yeah, that his role of Calvin Candy, um, that dinner scene alone, so tense. You know, I I was reading somewhere online that he, when he slams his hand down on the table, he cuts it, doesn't break. He just looks at his hand. Doesn't break scene, realizes it's bleeding and yep. just
0: keeps going and just carries on and gets and nails the whole fucking thing. Yeah, he goes he goes uh, a deal is not a deal it's until until the, both parties shake hands here in Chickasaw <laughs> County. And I'm just like you, you really want me to shake your hand? I insist. <laughs> well, if you insist. <laughs> oh, oh god. Man, such
1: a great movie. Such uh, a great movie. Such uh, a great performance by everyone. Christoph Waltz. I mean,
0: Everyone. Yeah. And, and, and it's it's crazy to say that that was 11 years ago. So there might be a, a, a whole generation that's listening to this going, well, I haven't seen that. Yeah, it's it's one of Tarantino's <clears throat> better films. Uh, well, that's I shouldn't say I mean, all of his movies are, are good, uh, but it's one of his. I remember seeing that that was a I started a tradition way back of seeing movies on Christmas Day hmm. and one of the few places that's open on Christmas Day. And there'll be a little bit of a carryover uh from the Christmas Day movie I saw 2012 and the Christmas day movie I mm. saw in 2013 speaking of the subject matter at hand yeah so so Django I saw on Christmas Day uh, I remember being very hungover because <laughs> um, we went out for drinks on Christmas Eve. Was that the only thing he did that year um so in 2012 that's the only thing he did. He was nominated right? He was not He was not nominated was for not. best supporting actor. Christoph Waltz was nominated and won and won and won for best supporting actor. And you know, I can't take away from his performance because Christoph Waltz was excellent and he won back to back Academy Awards in Tarantino films with Inglorious Bastards. So, I'm, I mean, I can't take that away from him, but okay. So, looking at the two Christoph Waltz performances, Hans Lander and uh, Dr. King Schultz, um, I always want to go, yeah, <laughs> my horse Fritz. My horse Fritz. The, uh, the performance he gives in Inglorious Bastards, I think is a more dynamic performance. Yes. Um, so that I think is well worth the award. But if you're asking me to pick between Leo and Christoph Waltz in Django, uh, 10 out of 10 times I'm going Leo gives the better performance. He does. Um, and so it wasn't even nominated. It wasn't even
1: nominated. Come on. That's what I'm saying. This is, the, this is what, this is what got me going in this direction. This, look, is, this was the inciting this,
0: incident that yes. prompted you I'm to put looking this at it going, together.
1: How do you put together that great of a performance and not get it? I mean, granted, you got to go up against someone else in the film, but to not get nominated, that's just that's BS. Yeah. But he was nominated for a Golden Globe.
0: All right. Well, for, do you have nominations for for that year for Best Supporting Actor? Or, nominations or for you know, that year? Besides yep. Christoph Waltz, I'm just curious, uh, what other performances outshined Leo's <laughs> according to the Academy? We have
1: got 2012, Alan Arkin in Argo. Okay. Well, you got Robert De Niro in Silver Linings Playbook. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well.
1: You got Philip Seymour Hoffman in The Master. Oh, well.
0: And yeah, Tommy no. Lee Jones in Lincoln. Uh, okay. Uh, All right. So, Philip Seymour Hoffman in the Masters, a pretty damn good performance. Yes. Um, that might have been one of his last roles, too. He passed it away the, was, the yeah. next year. Tommy Lee Jones in Lincoln. Eh. Uh, I mean, they. I mean, they get into he's going to Daniel is Daniel is gonna Lewis, win. He's, yeah. he's going yeah. to win for his performance, but. Uh No, I'm that's, still. Yep. That's, and I'm not being biased here. I'll, no, I, I even all, said, great yeah, all great too. performances, too. Like, I'm the one who said I think Leo in Titanic is just he's just serviceable. I don't think he's anything extraordinary compared to some of the other work that he's done. Yep. So that's really interesting. Not even nominated. Nope. That's the biggest snub, I think, overall. Well, I say that. <laughs> well, the following
1: year. <laughs> the I following think year. Might be a
0: snub as well. Well, um, he was nominated,
1: right? He, he was. Okay.
0: All right. Um, you're, we're talking about uh, Wolf of Wall Street, my 2013 Christmas Day was movie. <laughs> and fun fact about that film: packed, packed movie theater. Okay, really? I went to an 11 a.m. showing, and it was sold out. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. And it was all older people. I say older, older than me. I mean, let's see. That was 10 years ago, so I would have been 40, 34 at the time. Oh and the crowd was definitely you know, forties and above. Yeah. And within the first 10 minutes of that movie, half of the audience got up and left. Whoa. I mean, you know how that well, movie opens up. Oh yeah. I, I mean, uh, that's a, that movie pushes the envelope of the R rating. If I've ever seen a movie, that uh, I would, the I would hundred percent agree with that. Um, the scene with
1: Jonah Hill, Masturbating at the party. I mean, eating the Uh, goldfish. Uh, Okay. Okay.
0: For a movie that is three hours long, The Wolf of Wall Street is a movie that I think has is the best paced three hour movie I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I would agree. That that. movie goes a mile a minute and never stops. Yeah. You feel like you're coked out watching that film. And I think that's intentional. (laughs) That, um, (laughs) with Jonah Hill. I mean, yeah, she's, she's my cousin, you know. I mean, you know, you know. If I mean, you know, I can't let the other guys around her. I mean, I got to <laughs> marry so his first cousin.
1: This, this to me, this was um, this was Leonardo DiCaprio telling everyone who didn't nominate him the previous year, "This is what I can do. Yeah. This is this is the performance of a lifetime." He pours everything into this, and it comes out
0: perfectly. And they worked for nothing. Really? Okay. Like this was a low. I mean, these guys all agreed to work for scale. Mm. Like, like Jonah Hill, he he worked. He, I think his salary was sixty thousand, which was the minimum that he could be paid. Yeah. Because he wanted to be he in a be Martin Scorsese that. movie. That whole scene between Leo and Kyle Chandler mm. on his boat. Yeah. When he is when he is that whole scene when he is sort of trying to in a roundabout way bribe Kyle Chandler. Yes. He goes, and I would do any. I would do that for anyone, you know, anyone that needs the proper guidance. And then Kyle Chandler is just like, he just he's like stops for a second, and he smiles, and he goes, "Can you say that one more time, just like that?" And then you see Jordan just go, "Oh no, no, I see what you're doing." Like that is, it's it. I, I'm gonna dare say it. I think that might be my favorite Leonardo DiCaprio performance really? of of all the movies we've talked about, like. That's a movie that I I get excited at the idea of. You know, I'm going to watch Wolf of Wall Street again. Yeah. It's so damn good, but be warned, if you've never seen it, it's offensive.
1: It's it's very offensive. There's a lot of a lot of language. What is this, ha- this clocked in at what like
0: 320 oh, F-bombs? I, I think it might hold the record at this I point. It does. I think it passed Scarface. Yeah. Um, um <laughs> it's very offensive and it's very this scene where Rob Ryder <clears throat> he's watching the Equalizer and the phone rings. It's like, God, Hello. He spent fourteen thousand dollars on sides. On sides. <laughs> Donnie uh, ordered the sides.
1: What <laughs> great! Yeah. Well, I got. It. I think I'm gonna watch that movie tonight.
0: I. You know what? That's gonna have to be a dinner and a movie. Oh yeah. I mean, we're gonna have to do it. Yeah, start that one early movie. though. Like that's yeah. that that is so so good. A rough crowd for that one. Yeah, you'd have to. This that would have to come with a serious warning. Yes. So this was the uh, 86th annual Academy
1: Awards. All right. So he gets nominated for Best Actor. He, gets nom- he
0: wins the Golden Globe. He wins the Golden Globe. Now yep. let's talk about the other nominees that year.
1: All right. We've got uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor uh, for Twelve Years a 12 Slave. Twelve Years a Slave. Okay. You got Bruce Dern
0: in Nebraska. Nebraska. Okay. Christian Bale. Uh, Christian Bale in 2012 for this has got to be for a David O. Russell film, right? American hustle, American hustle. Yeah. And then the winner, the winner in 2013. Hmm. Is this the year that Jeff Bridges wins for crazy heart? Nope. Okay. Give me a hint. This was the, probably the last
1: great film of one of the actors who then decided to go the Marvel route this past year. So Had to go to the Marvel. Well, in one of the worst Marvel movies ever. Uh, or I could just say, "All right, all
0: right, all right." Oh <laughs> my God! Wait, McConaughey's in a Marvel movie? No, Jared Leto. Oh, Jared and Mor- Leto. Morris. Wait, but no. McConaughey wins. M- M- yeah, McConaughey wins for uh, Dallas Buyers Club. Dallas Buyers Club. And Leto wins Leto for wins. Best Supporting Actor. Yep. Um, that's a movie I saw in the theater it is that's a tough movie that's a lot i mean that's a tough tough movie i've actually when that movie opens up like the way that movie opens up like you for those that don't know what dallas buyers club it's a true story of matthew mcconaughey plays this like you know he's like he's like a He's a welder, a rodeo guy in Texas and he contracts HIV or no he has full blown AIDS at this <laughs> point and he's in the hospital and, Cartman. and 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 like the doctor's like I don't know how you're still alive yeah. you know like your T cell counts should be here you don't have any Yeah. and um it's this takes place in the 80s right it's the 80s. It it's late it's the late yeah. 80s mm-hmm. And he's trying to get like he's access running, to like these drugs experimental from drugs from that Mexico the FDA is just like dragging their feet on. So he goes to Mexico to get them, and he creates his own buyers club. Yep. You know, his own wholesale, and and saves a lot of lives and and lives a long time. It's a, it's I mean, it's a really good movie. And Leto is incredible in like that film. So I'm saying after that, yeah, I mean, go, let it's let the Oscar curse for, for yeah for
1: him. He just he went from there to just yeah. I sound like a.
0: And leto, he did, did leto go him. Marvel? Did, oh, yeah. He's Morbius. He's Morbius. Yeah. Cause I was yep. thinking of a, uh, uh, Suicide Squad. Oh, his, his turn is the Joker. Oh uh, boy. You go, you go Ledger and, and he, and he go Phoenix. Right. And sandwiched in the middle is this little performance by, by Leto. Yeah. Uh, his choice. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. So
1: he loses yet again.
0: You know what? I'm an academy voter. I'm looking at the performance of Leo. I'm looking at the performance of McConaughey. That's a hard sell. It I mean, is. That's, that's a tough choice right there. It is. But the way. That's a tough choice for me.
1: If I'm looking at that, I'm also looking at. All right. If, if we're essentially saying it's a tie,
0: who who earned it more? Yeah, that's tough. You know what? <laughs> I could make a case. for I both. Could make, I could make a case either way. But still to lose it on that one. Yeah. It's, yeah. No, I mean but uh, you know, looking back on it, I think that's my favorite Leo performance of, yeah. of the ones we've talked about so far. Yeah. And that that
1: same year he did um another one that he was it was a Boslerman movie that um I am not a fan of. I think
0: he Okay, a, so this would be Gatsby. This would be Gatsby. The great Gatsby. Uh, a movie I have never had any interest in seeing uh, because of the pedigree i'm not a buzz alarming guy i'm not either and i i think the reason i had such a hard time with it is i love robert redford
1: as yeah the redford gatsby. gatsby
0: is with bruce Dernos. that's oh, yeah. that's a great movie in fact i'm reading a book called uh, adventures in the screen trade that was pu- written and published in 1982 by william hmm. goldman who who wrote the the screenplay for gatsby and uh he has a whole chapter devoted to the making of that film, really? the Redford one, that yeah. is. And it's he's he's a big Robert Redford guy. Like you can tell, that's his favorite actor. Yeah. Speaking of Redford, um, um, I just watched a Robert Redford mil- film called The Great Waldo Pepper. Have you ever heard of this movie? No, but you sent me that picture. Yeah, <laughs> I have not heard of it. Yeah. So it's it takes place post World War One, hmm. where. Redford is, and this was a, this was a thing. The, he was known as a barnstormer, so he had this biplane, and he would fly into these small Midwest communities, and he would take people up for rides. You know, five dollars a ride, and all of a sudden he would just go from town to town, just fly in, and and um, the practical flight aerial photography in the movie is really really good. Huh. And what was it called again? The, the Great Waldo Pepper great waldo Pepper. kind of just came and went um huh. but in the book goldman has a, a really interesting breakdown of why that movie wasn't successful from the first test screening that he attended and i don't want to spoil it because everybody should read at the event adventures in the screen trade it's one of the best books on the industry i've ever read and it's 40 years old wow and it's still relevant today Jeez. so leaving
1: that that was his let's see was it his third with uh, martin scorsese yeah, Aviator departed. 80. Yep. Um. Oh no, Gangs of New York yep, too. Fourth. Um. That was his fourth one. Yep. Shutter Island.
0: Sh- fifth. Fifth. Fifth one. So fifth one, and then he finally People goes. People are screaming at us. By the way, they're going fifth. It's his it's fifth. His fifth. You son of a bitch. I'm I'm leaving a review. <laughs> These guys don't know what they're talking about. That's a it's a lot of stuff to get down.
1: Um. So he he teams up with Alexander Gonzalez and Arrieta to do the revenant. The revenant. Which is, if you don't know what The Revenant means, it means bear mall. <laughs> not really. <laughs> yeah. um, uh,
0: a couple things I want to say about The Revenant before we actually talk about him in it is you mentioned the director. You know, him and the cinematographer make the choice to not use any lighting of any kind. The entire movie is shot with just natural lighting. Well, as much and snow as you've got out there, yeah. you don't need it. Yeah. Of all the movies that he gets nominated for, uh, okay, can so we he- just say that ev- every once in a while, the academy is going to bestow upon you the "It's Time" award? That was that was. I think that was Martin Scorsese and The Departed. That was Martin Scorsese and The Departed. Here you go. Yeah, you earned it. You've earned it. This yep. is the. I don't want to say the participation trophy because The Revenant's very interesting film and it has some <laughs> incredible scenes in it, um, and you. Look, he earned the award <laughs> because you can tell making this film, he put his body through torture. Oh, yeah. So I would say he's probably silent through what?
1: More than half of the movie. Quite a bit. Yeah. So it's, it's a performance movie. It is a, a close-up on his face for most of the time. And it's just watching him find the will to... I don't even know if it's the will to live; it's the will to get revenge. Um,
0: I'm just gonna say he deserved this Academy Award. He mm-hmm. deserved it. Well, so let me let's go through the, the nominees through the nominees real quick. Yeah, um, he deserved it a few times, so I should backpedal yes, a little bit. On uh, that. Eddie Redmayne in the Danish Girl. Danish Girl. We have Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender in. Uh, 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 shit <laughs> he was not in shit he was in steve jobs that's right that was the year we got two steve Jobs movies yes uh, and kutcher did that as well that wasn't on we didn't do that on our deja vu deja vu episode no we didn't we missed that one we missed that one we've got matt damon. matt damon matt damon in 2015 is nominated for surprisingly nominated for surprisingly nominated for ridley scott film i believe I'm just drawing a total blank here right now. The Martian. The Martian.
1: Yep. Surprisingly good movie. Surprisingly good movie. Brian Cranston is nominated for playing Dalton Trumbo in That's Trumbo. Right. Yep. And Leonardo DiCaprio wins his first Academy Award for The Revenant. The Revenant. Yeah. And thus ends his drought. He goes on after this to star again with or to, to work with. Tarantino and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which he's
0: incredible in, nominated for that. Nominated and loses in 2019. He loses to Joaquin Phoenix in The Joker. Yes, along
1: with um, Antonio Banderas, Adam Driver, and Jonathan Price.
0: Now was Adam Driver Marriage Story? Adam Driver was Marriage Story, which okay. is a tough movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's Noah Baumbach. If yes, I think. yeah, yeah. So looking at
1: overall nominations. The n- the most
0: nominated actor. The, wait, th- wait, it's a tie. Okay, the most nominated actor for best actor. For I should best say best actor. Best the actor. The most nominated for best actor. It's a tie. Is a Jack tie. Nicholson one of them? Nope. Okay, he's number three. He's number three. Uh shit. I mean, we're talking ninety years of Academy Awards. So and these are older. These we're are older. Not. Yeah. So uh, Paul Newman. Steve McQueen. Paul Newman. Paul Newman number four. Paul Newman
1: number four. Actually, Paul Paul Newman's in a three-way tie with Jack Nicholson. Okay. And Peter O'Toole. And Peter O'Toole. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. No. This this will take... In the interest of time, everybody, I'm going to... So we have uh, with nine nominations and two wins. We have Spencer Tracy. Spencer Tracy. Okay. um, Along with Lawrence Olivier. Lawrence Olivier. Nine nominations and one win. Okay. So going back and looking at... You know, we've been, just to round out the top ten there, uh, Marlon Brando, Dustin Hoffman, Jack Lemmon, Denzel Washington all have seven. Daniel Day-Lewis, Richard Burton have six. And then there's a slew of people at five. Um, Gary Cooper, Tom Hanks, Sean Penn, Robert De Niro, and Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm. Of the ones that he was snubbed on. Mm-hmm. I think he should be up there with Jack Nicholson, Spencer Tracy, and Laurence Olivier. I, with, I, I can see that, yeah. I mean, so Wolf of Wall Street, he was nominated for. Um, we, we didn't talk about Don't Look Up, but. <laughs> I, look, I, I liked Don't Look Up. <laughs> but the movie was nominated for Best Picture. He was Picture, and he wasn't nominated. Um, he was great in it. He wasn't nominated for Django Unchained. Not nominated for
0: Django
1: That's, Unchained. I, I would mark that one down. Not nominated for Revolutionary Road. I think should have been not nominated for Catch Me If You Can. Silly. Or Gangs of New York. Silly. Or Titanic. Ridiculous. Yes. Um, so with his five nominations for Best Actor and one for Best Supporting Actor, I think he should be up there with no. the most,
0: most awarded I mean, actors of all time. This is crazy. I can't believe that this is the same organization that gave Shakespeare and Love Best Picture <laughs> over Saving Private Ryan. And we're questioning their... <laughs> How could they do this? How could you do this to me? Now, what's interesting is I believe by the time this episode comes out, the nominations for this year's Academy Awards, because I think they're announced on Tuesday. They're announced on the 24th. Yep. On yeah. Tuesday. So but this won't be up by that time. So we have no idea what the nominations are going to be for 2022. But um, suffice it to say. Uh, we're going to do a we're going to do a. Uh, if we a picked the win- We're gonna yeah. do a prediction if we picked the winners. Yes. Like the old Cisco and Ebert, If we picked the winners. <laughs> so we're gonna um Jason, first of all, bravo to the amount of research you did to this. Um oh, thanks. you did for this. Great job. I mean, yes, thank you. And we've been trying to do this Leo episode for I six know. months. I yeah. mean, you've been like, We gotta do Leo. Leo. <laughs> Leo. But it, it worked out because
1: I, you know, the, the longer we waited, the more time I got to put in. Yeah. Anytime I had some free time, I'm like, oh.
0: Time to pull up the Leo spreadsheet and work on it. That's incredible. That's yeah. incredible. So my hat's off to you. Bravo. Excellent job. God, I don't even know what we do next. <laughs> I mean, obviously, we've got some film reviews we're going to be doing. Um, I guess real quick, I'll just say if you've made it this far, we had planned on doing a review of the Gerard Butler movie Plane. Uh, unfortunately, I suffered a very common or chronic uh, movie theater situation where after an hour into the film, I had to leave the audience just a little too excited thought it was a thought it was their own living room and and decided to have conversations so again I, PSA phones off phones up, mouth okay. shut yeah. eyes ahead and nobody thinks you're funny nope in the theater no you're funny little quips guess yep. what no one finds them funny. write them down save them yep. for later all right you wouldn't heckle a stand-up comedian oh wait <laughs> I'm sure you would if you would if you would talk in a movie theater you're the kind of person that would heckle a stand-up you're comedian that guy. So. So don't be that guy. Don't be that. Jason has no problem telling you that you're that guy in real time. I felt like telling those people behind that were sitting right behind me. Look, I know you're angry that applesauce is not available in the concession stand, (laughs) but um, I'm on my way. I'm going to go. So. Uh, uh, All right, man. Listen, thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. And. Just a friendly reminder: if you want to listen to a really in-depth conversation, Jason and I are in the middle of our series "101 Movies from the 1990s." You need to watch. Shortly after this recording, we're going to record episode five, and when that's done, we'll be at not only the fifty—you know—we'll be at halfway there. We'll, we'll end at fifty-two. Yep, and we'll be at ten hours of Whoa. conversation because the first four episodes—the first four episodes—are out. Nice, and they are. Two hours a piece. So we're we're already at eight hours. Man. That's incredible.
1: And I, I, I tell you what, I, it's funny. I listen to it when they come out and it's, I laugh.
0: I don't, I don't know. I find my own myself funny. I, I think they're really, really <laughs> enjoyable. So um, if you want to follow this show on social media, we're on Twitter at Dana Buckler Show. I'm on Twitter at Dana Buckler. You can email us, the Dana Buckler show at gmail.com. If you've got a question for Jason, I will forward the email to him. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm on there at the Dana Buckler. So for everybody listening, my name is Dana. Jason, thank you so much. Appreciate it, man. And we will talk soon.